Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and I am so excited to introduce a very special guest today. She was my teacher in my 200-hour track for yoga teacher training on a Pilar. And before we get started, I do want to remind you all that I do have an upcoming training that will take place on July 11th, and it's a six-week module for beginners. So if you are interested in learning Vedic astrology, please go to my website, Inner Yoga and click on the group study module and you can get all the information there if you are interested in registering because we are going to get started in just a few days. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce Anna. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for meeting with me again. So we're recording this for the second time because Mercury retrograde has its ways. Of oh, small children, of course, is always a part of that. <laughs> so, okay. Loud small children, definitely. <laughs> so. It's not Mercury, it's just small children. It's just small children in general. All right. <laughs> so we're going to uh, talk about pranayama today. Mm-hmm. And I remember working with you in yoga teacher training, and you were like the pranayama queen. And whenever <laughs> we would do... The practices, like I would always look forward to the pranayama practices with you because it was just like your voice and how you would explain pranayama and getting us into it. And I always left feeling totally zoned out and just like, oh, so amazing. And so I'm so glad that you're going to talk with us today and I get to share you with the Astrology Now audience. Awesome. Well, thank you. I really, that's a lovely compliment and I do appreciate that so much. Um, so yeah, like one of the things that I would do in your teacher training definitely was um, interweaving uh, ways of breathing even into the regular asana practice, right, to create an effect. And um, I guess uh, I learned that, of course, with, through my teacher, uh, who is uh, Gary Crafts. Uh, he runs the American Vinyaga um, Institute. Uh, but again, like when we look at the uh, literature on pranayama, we see, uh, you know, specifically we use a lot in the yoga classes, we use... Um, the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. It's very heavily, rightly kind of quoted. And the eight limbs specifically within that text is what people pull out for the most part. And, you know, this is usually our first introduction to that word pranayama, right? And it's actually the fourth limb. And it's interesting because the three before it, uh, the first two are sort of behaviors, restrictions, sort of, like, you know, ethics and stuff like that, right? Like, well, you know, be nice to people, don't lie, like things like that, like, right? Like, you know, you've got, and then, uh, and some sort of patterns of behavior. And then you move into asana, which is the physical sort of body, right? The, the idea of um, to take your seat or a posture. Well, the fourth one out of the eight is pranayama. And then after pranayama, you've got these other, you know, four that basically are, they deal with the mind. So after pranayama, you've got the prachahara, which is withdraw the senses. So kind of, you know, bring in like your attention, right? Dharana and Dhyana is focus and concentration and then meditation. And then there's the state of samadhi, which is that sort of expansive awareness, right? And it, it's interesting. It's the fourth to me because it's so quite, it's, it's just so perfectly there. that It is the bridge between the physical body and your mind. Wow. And it's right there in the eight limbs, like centerpiece right there. Yeah. And when we think about also uh, our physical structure, the diaphragm, and the lungs are, are literally sort of what separates, right, all of our sort of 
digestive organ, like all the stuff that like has a function, right? To like our brain, <laughs> right? And this idea of like our brain space. Uh, so it's also that sort of center point bridge there as well. Um, you know, uh, for a long time, it was mis, uh, misinterpreted. Uh, again, a lot of this is because as Americans, we, we're not used to looking at diacritical marks. And like when we look at these uh, translations uh, from Sanskrit, you know, there's a lot of rules in Sanskrit. Sanskrit's a very, very uh, amazing. This is 10,000 hours even become even somewhat adept at, at, at reading it, right? So, um, you know, we, we kind of in the West sort of took two words we knew and we're like, oh, those are those two words we put them together. And one was prana, which is this life force, right? And then yama, which we had found in the eight limbs and which means restrictions. So we're like, it's, we're restricting the breath. And like a lot of times I saw that many, many articles and many books like earlier in the 70s, 80s, 90s was about this breath control or restriction of the breath. And when I started studying the actual Sanskrit with one of my teachers, I was, it just it was an eye opening when you start looking at what the diacritical marks actually mean and that the actual Sanskrit root is prana, yes, which is that life force, which I won't bother to, I can take that one apart as well, but let's just put, keep that one together for now. Um, and there's two long lines where right? there's prana. So there's when you have pranayama, there's two long lines on the two A's, the very first two A's. And those long lines above the, the A is uh, the fact that there are two actual vowels next to each other. So it's two A's. So instead of prana and yama, it's actually prana and ayama. And when an A usually is put on in front of a word like yama, it's a, it's a negation. So it doesn't mean restriction. Now it's the opposite of what restriction is, which means to expand, right? And so when you're thinking about what really pranayama means, it means to expand your life force. Yeah. And we think about that, like we, when we breathe efficiently and we can, can you know, take in that oxygen uh, effectively, like all of our cells are happier. We are healthier, right? All the, all the functions improve. All of our functions improve. So uh, the idea is, is, yes, we want to expand our life force. And one of the ways we do that is learning how to breathe. Um, yeah. Modernity definitely has, uh, has, I guess, life in general is challenging, right? Um, but, you know, we tend to have a lot of stress and anxiety at very high levels in our modern age, and people don't breathe well. Like, you know, they, they hold their breath, they, they reverse breathe, they, they do all sorts of interesting things. Um, and so even though technically it seems like such a such an autonomic, it is an autonomic response to the extent, like we don't have to think about breathing necessarily when we're sleeping, right? But we are able to control our breath. So if we can pay attention and notice during our emotions or what's happening in our responses, what happens in our breath, we can start to kind of have choices on how to then react, right? Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it, it's just a, to me, the breath is, um, it's the first thing I look at when I, when I, uh, when I'm teaching somebody, you know, especially private clients or yoga therapy, I'm always looking at how, how are they breathing? Yeah. Uh, and that gives me a lot of information. Yeah. Um, yeah. and how, and, and, you know, I think everybody, everybody can learn how to, uh, deepen their breath. And don't get me wrong. There's plenty of awesome. You can look at, there's apps for this. There's, other podcast, you know what I mean? There's tons of things for breath, and which is great. 
Um, and we all know we should probably extend our exhale, right? Keep things smooth. Um, but I'm going to teach you one that uses a little bit of an interesting uh, technique. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm really excited. I'm really excited to do that. And again, like share you with, with my people. Um, <laughs> the one thing that I do want to add though, is that breath and meditation don't really get that much attention on like media. Like for example, if I'm going to sit there and sit quietly and take a photo of myself, you know, it's not going to blow the internet up like a handstand or putting your leg behind your head or something like that. But the thing is, <laughs> is that, is that the breath is the fourth limb. Asana is the third limb. You know what I mean? So the postures, the physical postures are considered easier on the yogic path, sitting uh, and controlling. I would even, I would even say in service too. Hmm. You should think of also how each one builds on each other. So your asana should be in service too, right? Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. And that is, you know, that is the difference between yoga and other physical practices is that yoga is utilizing the breath in your practice. Otherwise, it is just gymnastics, right? Exactly. So it's, it's the circus soleil. being able to breathe and maintain that calm, steady breath. That's the point. Can you put your leg behind your head and breathe steadily? Can you sit, you know, because asana is a, is a seated posture. It's not, you know, it's nothing really beyond that. The ultimately, yes, exactly. It means take your seat. Right. Right. And then the asana really is supposed to just wear us out to like sit there quietly and breathe. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's supposed to actually reduce the rajas in your system if you're looking at the gunas, which is that sort does. of kinetic, right? Like frenetic, like you can't, the wiggles. Yeah. And then um, pranayama reduces the, the tamas, which is the lethargy that happens after you exhaust. <laughs> <laughs> so that your mind then will be clear for meditation, right? Like I mean, that's, it, that's all everything is in service. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so, you know, I just wanted to say that though, and like glorifying the practice of breathing and how disciplined you have to be to breathe and how it truly is a practice. You know, sometimes people will sit down and try to do uh, pranayama practices or breath work and it's really intense, you know, and they don't really know what to do with it. It can be if you're not priming yourself for it. And so I just want to give that precursor or precaution, I should say, because you know, it is, it is definitely a practice. It is definitely something that you have to work your way up to. I remember, and this is just like a personal antidote, but I remember being in yoga teacher training and trying to do the breath retention and suspension. And there was a point in time where I was like, oh my God, I am definitely suffocating. I'm definitely going to die. I'm going to die. I'm dying. <laughs> and then I have to inhale. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you're just like, ah, say it, say I can exhale. And, and then you get used to it and then it's, it ain't no thing. But the thing is, is that your breath being able to breathe is one of the systems in our body that does happen automatically. And yet we can also control it. And so this is our direct portal to calming the mind, calming the nervous system and outsmarting our human nature of that. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. It's like, no, you're not going to die. It's just, you know, you're just a few more seconds here and then you're going to get to breathe and your mind, it just becomes polished in such a way where you can do it, but it does take time. It does take practice, but anyone can do it. 
And that's the beauty of pranayama is you don't have to have, you know, you, know, have eight it, you don't need a, you don't need a special, like you don't need a special pillow or a special mat or a special strap. Do you know what I mean? Like you have every, you were born with everything you needed. Lululemon pants. <laughs> you know, oh yes, yeah, so sorry, I can't do pranayama. I don't have a matching outfit on. <laughs> and then but, yeah. I just wanted to say, it's like people like my grandmother, right? Like there are people where it's like, they, they've never been introduced to yoga. They, they, at this point in time, the odds of them doing yoga, if you have a rail in your back and you've had eight surgeries, you know, it's just not something that you want. It might be harmful. There are certain postures. Yeah. That might be oh yeah. But pranayama is something that you can do anytime until the day you die. And I think that this was actually something that you mentioned on the first round. You had mentioned that you're preparing for the final exhale. Yes, you are. You're preparing your mind to not freak out on that final exhale. And it, yeah. And this is just something that I want to share. Uh, Ram Das, Baba Ram Das, he's written many books. He's known worldwide. He's a very famous spiritual teacher. He said that he practiced, he practiced for his very moment. I mean, this is someone who traveled to India. He, do- he devoted so much of his life to spiritual practices. He had a stroke and he said, I had been preparing for the moment of death. And then I had a stroke and I, and in those moments, all I could look at was my ceiling fan. So he was saying, it's like he prepared. And then when the moment came, even he wasn't ready and he was just not engaged. And so that just goes to show how much practice and how many lifetimes it takes to get this right, you know? Oh, for sure. And I mean, also don't forget, like people have been figuring out breath forever. I mean, little old wives, little, little like, you know, those little old wives tales, not even tales, what is it? The little, um, um, anecdotes they're like you know take uh, take a deep breath and count to 10 like all of that stuff we've heard you know what I mean or blow out through pursed lips see if you can blow out a candle you get mad right just things like that like it's because we're human cross cultures like everything like everybody knows that like you can you can figure out your breath and it can help your mind state you know your mental state you don't have to be a yogi to do that uh the yogis just literally took it they they sat with it and, 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 and really like, I always like to think that they're very detailed, <laughs> right? It's like very detail oriented, these yogis, um, up there in those caves or in those mountaintops, right? Where it's like, Hmm, what if I, you know, manipulated my nostrils in this way or curled my tongue in this way? Like, how would that affect? Which I think it's fascinating. It's really, and it, everything does. Oh yeah. <laughs> the new mountain. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's true. It's about, um, you know, uh, I used to joke with my classes, uh, you know, when I was doing a lot of teacher trainings and being like, we should take back Instagram. Everyone just sit and meditate or sit and like do a pranayama practice and just like post a picture of that because yeah, it's very, it's, it doesn't look, it doesn't look as challenging as doing a handstand uh, in front of a cliff, right? But um, it's a lot of mental work actually, and it can be a lot of physical work as well. Exactly. Um, and, and, yeah, and honestly, you know, it's one of the ones like you're right. Asana gets a lot of um, a lot of traction, a lot of you know views on Instagram and whatnot. But also, I think meditation has been very famous for a long, long time. Yeah, uh, people were transcendental med- meditators, or they, you know, what I'm saying. Everyone knows the Tibetan monks, or you know what I mean. There's Buddhists and da da da. So it's like med- people know about meditation, um, but th- it's this elusive pranayama that like, you know, everybody, everybody's like, oh, what is this? I don't know. I don't know about this one. It, it, Cause it is a little work. It does have more work. Um, 
in, in some ways. Uh, I think it's funny because when, you, when you're trying to do a pranayama practice, you can get frustrated very easily. Whereas, yes, you can get frustrated with a meditation practice, but half the time you're like, once you realize you're no longer in the meditation practice, that you've wandered off somewhere, do you see what I'm saying? It's, it takes a bit, or you've fallen asleep, or whatever it may be. With the pranayama, it's pretty instantaneous when you're not doing it. Like, <laughs> and then that gets, you know, frustrating. So Yeah, yeah. Um, the one other thing that I did want to add about the pranayama, though, coming back to that idea of it having such of breath, having such a strong impact on our nervous system, on our vagus nerve, you know, yes. on our brain, is it's like it is it's life or death with breathing and your body gets signals. Like when you breathe in such a way, you are sending signals throughout your entire body. So, you know, you're activating different parts of your nervous system, depending on how you're breathing. And that's the power of pranayama. Um, and so that is, again, oh. the why I'm saying, like, you have a teacher. BKS Iyengar very much said, you know, pranayama, you must have a teacher. It can be dangerous. And, you know what I mean? Like, he, he kind of always, uh, in the Iyengar system, they always uh, learned pranayama towards the end. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you had to be a certain level of a practitioner to then even learn any sort of pranayama practices. And again, but the pranayama we're talking about, it's not just, I'm inhaling and exhaling. Okay, yeah, that's breathing, sure, and that's whatever. Um, but specifically, it is the conscious application of using one or uh, more of the four parts of the breath, okay, in, to focus and create an effect, okay? So you're manipulating uh, either your inhale or the retention, which is the hold after inhale, the exhale, or the suspension, which is the hold after exhale. And you use that with ratios. Now, in this modern age, we use math as ratios, right? So we can inhale for four counts and hold our breath for two, exhale for four counts and hold our breath out for two. But back in the day, this would all be linked with mantra. So they would be chanting in their head, you know what I'm saying? And mantras, there's a certain number of syllables, do you see what I'm saying? And certain mantras took certain longs of time to say. So you would be able to basically do ratios, but with mantra. Mm -hmm. which is another sort of interesting, um, you know, because mantra is vibration. It's like connecting to like, you know, the vibration, vibrational forces of the universe, if you want to get that expansive, right? But um, we can just also just keep it simple and just count with our numbers. Um, but that's one of the things that you can sort of add. You know, if, you have, if anybody tells me I'm bored, like in a yoga class, I'll be like, well, there's plenty of things you can be doing, <laughs> like, you know, while you're doing your asana. Like, how about chanting while you're in asana? Or how about doing some breath work while you're in your asana, right? So there's, there's no excuse to be bored. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, some of the, some of these ratios are very, are very intense. For example, there's a, a very famous ratio in one of these older, you know, uh, medieval, uh, uh books, um, that, that, you know, it has a very, very, uh, high retention and, and, and that means the hold after inhale, which, you know, if anybody's learned how to swim or anything like that, you know, like it takes a long time to be able to comfortably hold your breath in and be able to regulate the pressure of your lungs against your heart. Uh, and it can be very dangerous, you know, if you're not used to doing this and you're, you have to ease your way into it. Uh, and certain heart conditions and all that stuff, you could actually create an irregular um, arrhythmia in the heart if you are doing some very intense retentions because you can literally force yourself to hold your breath in longer than what's actually good for you. The, the funny thing is, is that most people are more comfortable holding the breath in. 
which is why it's a slippery slope of being dangerous, right? But most people aren't very comfortable holding their breath out. That's usually like, I'm going to die. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, you're, you know, I would say for 99% of the population, you are hardwired to inhale. That's right. the first thing that happened when you came out of the womb. You inhale. Like, it's just, you can't, this is, you know, you, you, you will inhale. You always will inhale. Uh, and so you'll never be able to hold your breath out for longer than what your body can handle. Your body will be like, that's it, inhale. And there you go, you got it. Um, <laughs> right? So it's funny because it's a psychological fear when we hold the breath out, right? That it's like, oh my God, I'm dying. Um, but you have to trust that you will inhale. You will not pass out <laughs> or die. If you do, you, if you do pass out, you'll serve. You inhale. <laughs> exactly. Certainly. <laughs> like, we'll be fine. Um, but that's what we're talking about, like a dangerous of breathing. It's not like, oh, I'm inhaling, exhaling, it's dangerous. No, it's just when we start kind of manipulating these stages uh, and these other parts of the breath, that's when, you know, it's, it's like, okay, let's start looking at a teacher. And, you know, there's some rules and stuff that you can kind of keep yourself, you know, um, um, connected with and make sure that you're you know you're okay with but always one of the big things is always just make sure your your exhale is longer the same is either the same uh the same amount of time as your is your inhale um and retention or just uh longer than it is and that keeps it happy but you're right like because it's hardwired into our um our nervous system uh we can create anxiety and we can lessen anxiety by, by which how we breathe so you know i don't know maybe for some people the hip-hop uh, pranayama is going to release you know release be less anxious and maybe for some people it made them more anxious i don't know um, that's true again traditionally you know and again if you see and i know you have an ashtanga background nobody used music you, you oh, no. decide, the, the sound of your breath was how you you know what I'm saying? Like figured out your practice. Yes. And, and it was, and if you were breathing, if you wasn't, if your breathing was not smooth, then you were, then you're pushing yourself too much. Yes. Very much a, a way for you to check in. Right. And when we have music, we kind of drown that out. You, you know what I mean? We don't necessarily are as aware of uh, how we're breathing. Yeah. You know, because we can't really hear it. Right. And Absolutely. Like, you know, not that, yeah, I love a good, you know, hip hop and yasa class. Yeah, um, no, for sure. It's uh. just, um, there's just when we look at it, traditional, non-traditional and like why we use these things, right? Yeah. So, uh, and I mean, as, I mean, you know, my love for Ashtanga is everlasting. Deep. It's deep. <laughs> And there is nothing like walking into a room of Ujjayi breathing and there is no music and you just hear 20 people breathing. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And it really is phenomenal, isn't it? Is. it? It's, and it's, and it, it's a sense of community that honestly you can't, you can't replicate that in like a vinyasa hip hop class. Yeah. No, or it's vinyasa, whatever rock, rock and roll class, whatever it is, you know, whatever yeah. awesome playlist. And those things are fun for their own purpose. Yes, you know? of course. And great. And gateways, you know. Yes. And um, for me, though, as a teacher as well with Ashtanga, it's so important to be able to hear people's breathing, you know? And it's like, why are you not? <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, well, and again, Ashtanga, I mean, you know, you can, there can be a little competitiveness, just like there kind of is in vinyasa too, right? Where people uh, are like, oh, they're doing that. I'm going to do that. And you can, and I've seen teachers go over because all of a sudden the breath changes, you know what I mean? With that one person and they know they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you have to take it down a notch. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's, that's very important for the teacher to be able to hear their students breathing. Exactly. Yep. So yep. Kudos to you. Oh, so good. So good. But so it is the time. It is June 6th, July 6th. Oh my goodness. 
July 6th. <laughs> July 6th. I am a time, in a time warp 2020 in the age of COVID. And so breathing in a safe and um, clean <laughs> environment. <laughs> Already a, a trigger. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, yes. breathing is so important and stress yes. reduction is so important. And it's it really is incredible. I think that sometimes people can... I mean, I guess I say people, but for me, you know, I kind of get tired of just like, oh, we'll take a deep breath, you know, and people may hear that all the time. And I think that it kind of gets worn out and it kind of loses its meaning. Um, And so coming back to the actual power and potency of utilizing the breath, and it's a tool that you have with you at any moment in time Mm -hmm. that you can utilize to literally calm your nervous system and your entire body really, because your nervous system is going to send signals throughout your guts, throughout your heart, throughout your brain. And so you have this beautiful tool that they don't teach you about in school yet. And you can soothe yourself. So will you please teach us something to help us? Yes, Thank I you. will. So a little caveat of first, of course, is that make sure you're not doing this with a mask. So that means you need to be in this area that you are feel safe in, that you're not going to be, that you're able to social distance if you are outside uh, or if you're in your home. You know I me, mean? of course, you know, again, you can't be doing this with mouth. Um, and then the other thing is you will be touching your face. So uh, make sure that your hands are clean. <laughs> again, remember, wash your hands. You're such a or, mom. Or pure. Oh, every, yes, I have three boys at home. And yes. <laughs> we and, have, and hundreds of yoga students. Yes, like wash those hands, people. I <laughs> um, use Purell, whatever you need to, like get those hands clean because you will be touching your face. So, uh, what we're going to be doing is what they call Anuloma and Viloma Ujjayi. And it's all Sanskrit, Google, go up. Everyone's like, oh my God, these Sanskrit terms. But basically, we're going to be doing um, a uh, alternate nostril uh, inhale with uh, both nostrils exhaling. And then we're going to switch it up and have it as a uh, both nostrils inhaling and then an alternate nostril exhale. Now, um, what this does is, uh, so one of the things that Pranayama asks us to do is that number one, we, we are going to be controlling one or more of the, the four parts of the breath, but we also use a valve technique. And that's just another one of those things that has to happen when it comes to Pranayama practices, traditional, I should say traditional Pranayama practices. Um, and so uh, a valve is um, how we can manipulate the way the breath is moving, coming in and out you know, from our body. And so there's a couple ways that we breathe. There's, you know, through the nostrils or through the mouth. And so there's ways that we can valve. So the mouth ones we're not going to talk about today, um, but that involves the tongue, you know, right? And it's kind of fun to do that stuff uh, when you have more visual. What we're going to do is like how we inhale and exhale through our nostrils. So we can do it one nostril at a time and we can use both. When we're using both, we're going to use what they call the ujjayi valve, which means it's that valve at the glottis uh, in the throat. So it's that very, it's like that little tightening of the throat, kind of like after you swallow. Um, it's the, the, the type of breath that you hear kind of like the way Darth Vader would make his breath, like that kind of sound, right? Uh, sometimes they're like, it's like an ocean or like when you put a shell up to your ear. So that's the ujjayi breath. So it's very, very simple uh, uh, valve at the throat. Then we're going to be using the nostril valve. So we will be blocking one of the nostrils, like sealing it fully with uh, either your thumb or your ring finger, depending on if you're right-handed or left-handed. 
And then the other nostril gets valved. So you'll have one nostril that's completely sealed off. And then the other nostril will be valved by either, again, the thumb or the uh, ring finger. And the area, the space is kind of where those breathe easy strips go on your nostril. Like it's like right, exactly. It's like right where uh, the cartilage and the bone meet. Okay. And then it's just slightly down from that on that slope. So it's sort of right where the cheek starts to begin. This is your sinus cavity area. Got it? So we're going to be valving at the sinus cavity. So when you block, let's just say we take our, if you're right-handed, take your uh, right thumb and block your right nostril with your right ring finger. You can find that kind of breathe easy area strip, right? And you're going to push slightly down and then up and then take an inhale. So this might be a sound. And then relax that and exhale through both nostrils, but use your ujjayi. Then we're going to block off the left nostril with our ring finger completely. Take our thumb now, and you're going to find that little spot and push slightly down and up. And you're going to inhale now through the right nostril. You're going to release that when you're ready. And you're going to exhale both nostrils doing your ujjayi. Now, again, if you're left-handed, you would be, of course, you know, doing the same exact thing how we started, but you'd be starting with, with like, you know, the ring finger versus the thumb. And you just... Now, uh, we've, uh, I'll, yes. And what, so one round would be one inhale through each nostril with, with, the, with the corresponding double nostril exhales. So that would be one round, right? So one, one, inhale, one round would be one inhale through the right nostril, exhale both, one inhale through the left nostril, exhale both, that's one round. So we're gonna do four of those and then we're gonna flip it. So I'm just describing what we're doing before I even like start. Then we, when we flip it, then what we're gonna be doing is we're gonna be exhaling alternately. So that's when we do the, the, the seal and the valving. And then we inhale through both nostrils, again, using that ujjayi glottis valve. So, uh, you know, when we, so in the sort of energetic bodies, the subtle bodies in the yogic philosophy, we've got these energy meridians, nadis. And so when we are inhaling or exhaling specifically through one nostril or the other, it activates different areas um, of the energetic system, right? And including the brain. So um, I find this to be kind of a nice introduction on, because everyone says, oh, let's do our ultra nostril breathing. And then everyone gets confused and they get frustrated. They don't know what they're doing. They're like, why am I fit my hands on my face the entire time? This allows you to take a break by t from touching your face when you exhale through both nostrils. It's giving you a way to sort of uh, kind of ease into like, how do I do this nostril valve with this sinus thing, right? So I find that when I, um, the valving is important in that open nostril, you know, that idea of pushing slightly down and up, because if my nostril is plugged, I actually can open it up and like get a breath. Let's say, for example, if I'm more, if I'm more stuffy on that side. Um, and then if it's clear, I get to actually valve it. So, um, and I would suggest seeing, noticing like, can you count to four as you inhale through the nostrils? Um, or maybe four to six, you know what I'm saying? Like, just see how um, it's comfortable for you for count, count, uh, uh, you know, inhale, and then uh, the same thing with the exhale. So is that? Yeah. Okay? Can, can I, I mean, I think that's great. 
And I want to tie in really quick, just some astrology because it is balancing the right and the left hemisphere of the brain. And it's also tied to the lunar energy and the solar energy. And so when we do take time to utilize this alternate nostril breathing, we're balancing the yin and yang energy, the solar and lunar energy. It's a connection to our chakra system and it's a connection to the planetary energy, which resides in us. So it's all connected. Yeah. Astrology, yoga, pranayama. Definitely. All influence. All of it. Microcosm and macrocosm. Yes. Exactly right. So I'd be happy to lead you guys through, uh, uh, you know, let's do like a two round of the one and then two rounds of the other. Is that okay? Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's try that. Okay. So again, let's start, you know, uh, find your, what they call the mudra, which means that you have your thumb and your ring finger ready, which usually means that your index and your uh, middle finger have been curled in, right? So we're going to start with um, inhaling through the left nostril. So block off that right and take a nice inhale, four to six counts, valving. Release that. Exhale when you're ready, both nostrils, but valve with your glottis. And now let's seal up that left. Inhale right, four to six counts, valving. And when you're ready, exhaling through both with Ujjayi. So first round down, let's do another one. Inhaling left, valving. Exhale both when you're ready with Ujjayi. Inhale right with the valve, sealing that left off. And when you're ready, exhaling both. Ujjayi. Let's just do one more round for good measure in the same way. Inhaling left, seal off the right. And Ujjayi through both nostrils on the exhale. And seal off that left. Inhale, right valve. And when you're ready to exhale, both nostrils, Ujjayi. Inhale now, both nostrils, Ujjayi. We're going to exhale through that left nostril, so seal the right, valve the left, and exhale. Inhale, both nostrils, Ujjayi. And exhale, right nostril, so seal the left. Inhale both when you're ready, Ujjayi. And exhale left, so seal the right.
When you're ready, inhale both, Ujjayi. And exhale, right. Inhale both, Ujjayi. Last round, exhale left. Inhale both, Ujjayi. And exhale right. Inhale both, Ujjayi. Exhale both, Ujjayi. And then allow the breath to return to normal. And just notice how you feel. I feel significantly better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. You're welcome. And that was just three rounds. I thought two, and I was like, ah, oh, we'll do three just for fun. Oh, but I think that it was again, if you can do at least 12, you know what I'm saying? It really does help. I would suggest if you're doing this in the morning, I would start with the exhales first, being the alternate, and then do the alternate nostril inhales to help pep you up right from sleep. And then if you're doing it in the evening, reverse it. So okay. do the inhale alternate first and then do the alternate exhales. Okay. Awesome. To help again, calm that, you know, parasympathetic nervous system with the exhale. So you would recommend focusing on the um, inhaling through both nostrils in the morning and then exhaling both nostrils in the evening. Um, no, I would reverse that. Think about the, the, the inhale and exhale through both nostrils is sort of the neutral. So it's the alternate one that's going to create more of the effect. So in the morning, I would do the alternate nostril exhales first and then do the alternate nostril inhales first because that's what you're ending with and you're stimulating those nadis. You're creating that more of the inhale okay, and then doing the opposite. I'm kind of like pranayama stoned right now I'm not sure. I'll have to totally go back and fine. what you're saying like I totally can't like process it right now so thus my job is done <laughs> right uh, who needs I, an afternoon cocktail when you just have to do this no but this is the feeling like this is how I used to walk out of teacher training and I love it I'm like obsessed with it thank you so much for doing that the one that I the one thing that I do want to add is that ujjayi breathing can be pretty difficult to get in the beginning. Would you say that this practice could be done without necessarily the ujjayi? Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, the way we used to teach ujjayi was imagine like you're fogging up a mirror, right? You use your hand and you kind of go, and then like you try to make the sound, oh, like, when you inhale and so if you can just do that like with your mouth closed then you're kind of getting it but I would suggest like even if you can't quite get that glottis valve if you just focus on inhaling or exhaling smoothly through both those nostrils um, then a lot of times the ujjayi will just happen spontaneously I mean honestly so just yeah. be very focused and relaxed yeah. as you slowly exhale or inhale when you're doing both nostrils okay. so yeah sure Awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there are any other questions that somebody might ask. Um, I, I suppose just kind of going back on the valve. 
So when you're saying close off one of the nostrils, you are fully closing off one of the nostrils. And the other one is it's just like, you're kind of applying a little bit of pressure as you were mentioning yes. the bridge of your nose. So some air can get in. It's essentially like for the like, nostril that's valved is it's just kind of like taking a little straw and pressing on it. You're not sealing it off. Yes. It's no, just exactly. A tiny bit of pressure. Think of it as how, when you put your thumb over the end of a hose. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? So when we don't put our thumb on the end of a hose that has water running through it, it's just very, you know, it doesn't have a lot of pressure. When we add that little bit and we kind of constrict it just slightly, then you have a much stronger and longer stream of water coming out of that hose, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what we're basically doing with that valve is that you'll notice that if you didn't valve, you might be able to inhale through that nostril for like, I don't know, two or three counts. But when you valve it, you're like, wow, I'm like six counts or eight yep. counts. You know what I mean? Because you are create it, 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 whatever the physics is, I'm not a physicist, but there's physics involved. So basically what we're doing is we're, we're, we're when you were controlling and, and because of that, it's stimulating um, all of the nerve endings and all that stuff in the nostril as we're doing that. So um, one of my other teachers, Rod Stryker, used to say that there's a little, um, the little Lord Vayu sits at the bridge of your nose, right near your third eye, and he like regulates the flow. Right? Oh. <laughs> so you're just, you're just with a fan, apparently he does that. So like the idea is that like I'm helping Lord Vayu, right? <laughs> like increase it, okay, <laughs> regulate yeah. that. Anyway. Well, I really appreciate it. And on that note, I want to say, so you are a yoga therapist. You are. Uh, in Austin, Texas, you're working yeah. for my vinyasa practice as yeah. The- I I've been here. I've been teaching for almost 20 years um, here in Austin, Texas. Uh, I just yes became the director of the yoga of the clinical yoga therapy program um, with my vinyasa practice, uh, who's owned by Michelle Young. Um, we they will be opening up a brick and mortar this come July. Um, but yeah, um, I was with another company for. 17, 18 years that we shall not name, but it was a very Austin yoga place. Um, Which we loved very much. We did. We loved the years (laughs) there. Um, And that's where I met you. I met a lot of my friends. Uh, uh, Yeah, so definitely you can, I did have a website, don't really have one anymore, Um, but uh, you can definitely find me, um, you know, uh, I'm, uh, I think I have, I think it's Anapolar Yoga on Facebook. Um, Okay. And, uh, yeah, you can uh, find me somewhere on there. Okay. Yeah. And I'll link or, your at, at, or at my vinyasa practice as well. You can yeah. There. And I'll, I'll link your information in the show notes too. So if people are interested in finding you, they'll be able to find my vinyasa practice and your Instagram and all of that. Yeah. yeah um, I'm going to start opening up a schedule for yoga therapy. So if you, uh, through zoom at first, if you want oh, to wow. do some yoga therapy sessions, uh, uh with me, you'll get to, and that, that'll be coming up in the next couple of weeks on the my vinyasa practice website um I, my specialty of course is back pain as well as anxiety <laughs> and depression um but yes uh feel free if, or if you just are curious and being like hey what is this breathing thing yeah. um definitely i know uh you can talk again talk to you christine for sure and then you know send them my way if need be oh yeah i'll send them your way for sure and then the other thing that i'm hoping to bring you back on for is your knowledge of goddesses and gods and it's like when I go to you it's like I have this army of women that I use and it's like you guys all have your own gifts 
And I feel like I come <laughs> to you and you arm me with mantras and, and goddesses and god and gods and you'll share these <laughs> stories with me that uh, always apply to my life in a beautiful way. And so that's something else that I would love to have you on for is just talking about some of these beautiful traditional stories. Oh, yes, I would love that. Yeah. All right. I love um, I love the mythology, especially South Indian mythology, and yeah, definitely can right. talk about some some of the. Well, it's just like a big giant, you know, soap opera in in, in storyline there, which is amazing. So, yes. Well, thank you so much for having me, Christine. It's been a pleasure. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm going to close this out, and then I'll probably call you to talk for a second. But anyway. Thank okay. you so much, everybody, for listening. If you are interested in finding Anna Pilar, you can check in the show notes. I'm going to link all of her social media um, and just good stuff like that. If, if you want to work with her, she's amazing if you choose to do that. If you would like to schedule an astrology reading, you can email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. Visit my website, innerknowing.yoga. Follow my Instagram, astrologynowpodcast, and on Twitter, astrologynowpodcast. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez with Anna Pilar. Thank you so much. <laughs>